What's up, everybody? Welcome to another show, man. The Friday edition uh, NBA show from BetUS TV, guys. I'm your host, Jay Money. We got our guy, Punt School, with us, a.k.a. Josh. We got our guy, Noops, as well, man, a.k.a. Alex Christensen. Alex, how you doing over there, my brother? Everything cool with you? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. I'm not the biggest NFL better, but as someone that loves props, derivatives, all sorts of goofy stuff, this is the best. This is like going to the Cheesecake Factory for the first time and seeing, like, is there really 50 pages worth of food in here? And indeed there is. There's just props on props. Today I was talking earlier about some, like, cross-board props. You can bet um, the Chiefs field goal kicker, the Chiefs field goals versus Jason Tatum threes. Um, The Chiefs kicker is, like, plus 260 there. I sprinkled that. That for variance, and then I'm trying to what the other one was. Oh, the Chiefs team total versus Pascal Siakam's total points on Sunday. I took the Chiefs plus 100 there, so it's great. It's just like as some of it, you know, I, I like to seriously bet, and these are obviously much smaller wagers than I'm used to making, but this is fun. There is nothing better than betting the Super Bowl. Man, that's that sounds exciting there, Alex. I must I'm probably the only guy that hasn't placed a single bet on the Super Bowl uh, in this one. But Josh, how you doing over there, my brother? Everything cool with you? I'm doing well. I'm not doing as well as Alex, clearly. I haven't quite divulged uh, my appetite for prop betting in the Super Bowl just yet, but that's not to say I won't get there. Uh, But aside from that, things are good. The NBA is treating me quite well. Let's hopefully keep that rolling today. It's a crazy day, so let's see if we can avoid as much shenanigans as possible. Yeah, what would the NBA be without a, without shenanigans or some injury report manipulation, guys? But uh, we will go over our four top games as well, and there's some questions um, after we go over our uh, our best our top games as well, guys. Let's go look at our best bet record um, so far for a season, man. It keeps getting a little worse and worse, my guys. But uh, 564 total plays, sitting at 272 wins, and that one 285 losses, unfortunately, uh, seven pushes as well. So still 13 games under 500, but a lot of time. Time to correct that as well. So uh, let's try to get straight to it today. You try to stack up these wins, my guys, um, on the card for this one, man. Let's head over here to the first game up where we head over to the streets of Indiana, uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. We have the Pacers land two and a half points at the house versus the Phoenix Suns in this one. Money line. If you'd like to take the Pacers, you can get minus 140 for the Pacers in this one. Suns getting back plus 120 on the money line over and under sitting at 230 and a half in this one, Josh. How are you looking at this game, my guy? You think the Suns uh, might, might run out of gas here on a second leg of a back-to-back yeah this is about as tough a spot as you can have road back-to-back three and four and then playing severely short-handed as well the Suns after that Kevin Durant trade and not having all pieces available for them so sets up perfectly for Indiana here who are fully healthy again and they I think are going to be a team that probably trending upwards in these next couple of weeks as well so a good opportunity to buy low on them uh this for me, the perfect spot, like I said, to do just that. So I think that their offense should be able to execute and get basically what they want against the depleted Phoenix team. And I just don't know if the Suns offense is going to be able to keep up in this game. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to create uh, the level of productivity necessary. I don't think they're going to be efficient enough. Um, Even if Devin Booker is good to go, there's still a lot on his shoulders as he's still trying to make his way back to you know, full form and fitness after a pretty lengthy layoff there. So give me Indiana here. I grabbed a plus one, minus two and a half. Uh, you know, it, it's probably pushing it a little bit, but if if Booker is not going to play or limited in any way, shape or form, that's probably not going to be enough either. So, um, you know, lay the bunny line here as well with the paces if you prefer to take that route. But I just think everything sets up perfectly for them in this situation and spot. 
Yeah, that's a great point, Josh. So we do know that Booker is going to play in this game, guys. But also think that there's a possibility that maybe guys like Chris Paul might sit this one out. They have three days off after this game. Uh, Back-to-back spot as well. Travel. Last game of a five-game road trip as well for the Suns here. So I do think the Pacers can get the win, Josh. And it's never a bad thing when the line is moving in our direction as well. So I like the money line here for the Pacers. I think they might run them off the floor in this one, Alex. What do you think? You think the uh, Halliburton and the guys try to start stacking up some wins after losing so many games without them? Yeah, I have kind of a similar play, different angle here. I'm going to take a team total under on Phoenix. It's right around 114 and a half. And, you know, Devin Booker coming back obviously is going to help, but probably not tonight. Again, second night of a back-to-back. We always see in the first couple games after a long absence, um, it's tough to integrate players like that. But even then, if Booker plays, so is Saban Lee. So is Damian Lee. So is somebody named Jock Landale. It's all hands on deck. So I think, you know, you probably won't get anyone resting for Phoenix because, again, there's just so few bodies at this point that they have. Um, but if they do, if everybody does play, again, I expect a slower pace from them, try to conserve, keep everybody kind of healthy. And, you know, maybe we get lucky with some rest. Either way, there's just a lot of things that are up to me for, um, I'm sorry, a lot of things that are up to me for, you know, Phoenix either driving a slow pace or just having trouble scoring. So I'm going to keep it simple and just take a team total under 114 and a half. Yeah, I like that, Alex. And all three looks are correlated, um, in my opinion, as well. Obviously, uh, my guy Josh rocking with the Pacers minus two and a half. I'm taking on the money line. And then Alex taking Suns team total under 114 and a half. So if we are seeing this game correctly, should be a nice little 3-0 spot um, in this one, my guy. So uh, let's let's get some cash. Hopefully, Suns don't score uh, any points. And hopefully, the Pacers run them, off the g- uh, run them out of the gym. Let's see if the Suns can run out of gas in this one, guys. That's what we're liking. Official plays for this game. Set up here to the next game, guys. Go over here to the street of Memphis here, where we do have the Memphis Grizzlies land seven points at the house. Line was at nine this morning. since come down there. Wonder what's going on with that. Timberwolves get back plus seven here on the road. If you'd like to go with the road, Timberwolves in this one on the money line, you can get back plus 210. If you'd like to go with the home favorite in this one, the Grizzlies, they're laying minus 260 on the money line. Over and under sitting at 234 and a half in this one, Josh. Um, what Any thoughts? Why do you think this line has come down from nine um, to seven here for the uh, for the Grizzlies here at the house? Yeah, nine was wild to me. The Grizzlies are not playing good basketball at the moment. I'm not sure how they can be laying that price uh, against what's still a competitive team, even if they are potentially shorthanded themselves, obviously without D'Angelo Russell now. Uh, I'm not sure if Mike Conley is going to be available. There's a lot of questionable tags as well, the usual for Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson. Even if hypothetically all those guys were to sit, I still don't think that you know this should be anywhere near nine. I think Minnesota is still competitive enough. They match up well with Memphis here. Um, spoken time and again where my concern with this Grizzlies team offensively is can they do enough in half-court sets? Minnesota's half-court defense has been a top five now in the NBA for almost two months. Um, and their half-court offense equally is impressive as well, a top 10 side in that regard. So for me, again, it's just a matter of playing the numbers here. I don't think Minnesota should uh, be catching this many points. If all those players are in, I think this line drops even a little bit lower than what it currently is in the marketplace right now. So the Grizzlies, for me, just being rated a little bit too highly and like the team that was you know, running teams off the court uh, back in December, whereas right now they're still struggling to sort of put together consistency on the offensive end of the floor. So they shouldn't be laying this many points, and I'm happy to grab those with Minnesota. I couldn't talk you off as well. And I think that maybe Gobert and Kyle Anderson, who sat out the last game, maybe they're in for this one. And maybe that's why this, obviously the odds makers get info before we do. Maybe that's why this line has come down two points in this one, Alex. Um, I, I agree with the line move. I agree with Josh's play as well. How you how you looking at this game, Mr. Christensen? 
Well, Mr. J, I mean, the, the soft opener there at nine was definitely a mistake. Um, kudos to anybody that was able to go over and scoop that. Um, at, at bigger limits, it opened closer to seven. I, I have it right about six, so I'm going to watch this one because it's starting to come back a little bit the other way. Seven and a halfs are starting to pop at a few shops here. If it gets to an eight, I will definitely play Minnesota. Again, the injury report being a little foggy is tough. It's not the best schedule spot here for Minnesota. They're in the middle of a road trip. It's a three and four. You know, They're coming down from altitude here at this point so a lot of little kind of nagging things that kept me from minnesota but it's definitely timberwolves or pass um the grizzlies again it's it's hard to believe that steven adams was so important but uh, they've really been incredibly different with him off the floor so uh timberwolves are pass. i'm just gonna wait and see if i can get an eight yeah, I couldn't talk you off from that one. Uh, yeah, the, the Grizzlies are two and eight straight up last ten games, and only three and seven against the spread as well. And obviously, over that uh, span, they haven't covered back to back games as well in this one. So can't forget that the uh, that the Wolves just still have playoff revenge versus the Grizzlies as well. Got kicked out of the playoffs for them last year. The home team is three and zero straight up so far um, this season, guys. So, but obviously, the the Grizzlies are not looking like the Grizzlies of old, um, in my opinion, especially without Adams in there. I think the Wolves can match up well with them. I agree with Josh's play uh i did miss out on the nine but i would still lean toward the wolves plus the seven and that one uh josh rocking with the timberwolves here uh getting the seven points my guys could not talk you off that howling with the wolves in this one guys so over here to the next game guys go over here to the streets of portland here where we have the portland trailblazers laying three and a half points at the house versus the oklahoma city thunder getting back plus three and a half points here on the road if you'd like to go with the thunder uh, on the money line you get back plus 140. Blazers are laying minus 160 on the money line um, at home is the home favorite here. Over and under sitting at 239 and a half. And this one, Alex, will go right back to you. The Thunder have covered six straight versus the Blazers. Do you think they make it seven straight here today? I do. I love this spot for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think there's a couple adjustments that the market makes that we do kind of generally for teams that maybe don't apply here. So last game of a road trip, right? That tends to be a little bit tough for teams, but not for a young team like Oklahoma City. I mean, they play pretty much 100% every single night. I mean, they're going back home with all due respect to Oklahoma City. It's not like there's a lot going on there. It's They're a bunch of younger guys. Like, they'll be fine. And maybe they want to hang out in Portland anyway when they're done. I mean, and then you look from a basketball standpoint. What does it take to beat the Thunder? You know, a score that's going to attack the basket consistently or a big man that's going to punish them inside. I see neither on this Portland team. That's not really what Dave Lillard is at this point of his career. Maybe Simons can get to the bucket, something like that. I'm actually curious to see what Shaden Sharp can do against this team. But the way Oklahoma City wants to play basketball, as good as they are defensively on the perimeter, I just love this matchup here. So, you know, all the qualitative stuff was pointing to Oklahoma City. I had this closer to a pick em, honestly, when I started this morning. Um, all due respect to the market, I think three and a half is kind of nuts here. So give me the points of the Thunder. Yeah, that's a good point there. I'm, I'm always kind of kind of scratching my head when there's teams that's beating another team six straight times. On one end, one end you have to think maybe they're just a bad matchup. Maybe they own them. On the other end, you have to think at what point will the team get revenge that's lost six straight, Josh? So it's kind of like that balancing act there. What do you think happens tonight? You think OKC makes it six, uh, seven straight wins and covers over the Blazers? Do they finally get some revenge here, Josh? Yeah, it's just not a great matchup for Portland, I think. And the Thunder, when you just break it down as simply as it is, I think they're a better defense for certain. Uh, Portland are about as bad as it can get in that regard. And I like this offense better than I like the Trailblazers' offense right now as well. Um, they're shooting the ball absolutely terrifically from 
three-point area. They've been the number one team in terms of three-point efficiency now for over a month, which is showing a certain level of consistency at that end of the floor. And they do a great job of penetrating and getting to the paint. And there is absolutely no paint resistance, I don't think, in Portland whatsoever. So um, for me, I, I do think that this should probably be closer to a pig. This is suggesting that, you know, the Blazers would still be probably one-point favorite on a neutral. I don't think that's the case at all either. I think the Thunder are the better team. So makes perfect sense here. I'll probably be getting involved with the Thunder in a couple of different ways here. Full game line and maybe even a team total over as well. Yeah, the Blazers do have reinforcements coming in, guys, uh, defensively, but obviously they won't be uh, in this game. I got, I know they got Thibault. They got another player as well as leaving my uh, leaving me right now. But the Blazers did upgrade. Who you know it is, Josh? They got Cam Reddish as well, which is going to help oh, their scoring, but not their defense, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, I like Cam Reddish as a defender, man. I know he had been playing a ton, but Cam Reddish can actually lock up on a defensive end when he's engaged. That's that's the whole thing. The last couple of teams he's been on, he had been engaged. Watch Cam Reddish go over there to Portland and ball out. Man, I can't wait to see them with their reinforcements, but they're obviously not here tonight. Could not talk you off the thunder in this one. I do worry a little bit, a possible letdown coming off that Lakers game, but matchup alone, um, obviously they do have they do have the better overall team. Definitely pay more attention to the defensive end as well in this one, guys. So definitely couldn't talk you off the Thunder plus three and a half in that one, Alex. Last game up, before we get to the Q&A segment here, let's go over here to the streets of L.A. here. We have the Clippers, the two injury report manipulation teams, but Clippers land two here right now um, at the house versus the Milwaukee Bucks here, getting back two on the road. If you'd like to go with the Bucks to get their 10th straight win, um, you can get them at plus 115 on the money line, uh, and the Clippers are land minus 135 on the money line at the house. Over and under sitting at 227 in this one, Alex. Um, you, you taking some plus money with the Bucks here to go for their 10th straight win? I like that you mentioned kind of the injury shenanigans because I generally don't bet Clippers games until tip-off time. But they already told me Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing, so I felt safe. But now I might be betrayed by the Milwaukee Bucks. If you start to look at the way this number has, has settled and moved this morning, is Drew Holiday going to sit tonight? Is Chris Middleton going to sit tonight? It hasn't moved far enough for me to think that, that Giannis is going to be sitting tonight. And actually, as I say this, somebody is going in and whacking the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Um, they were two and a half about five minutes ago. I'm looking at one to zero. So maybe it's... it feels a little bit better. Maybe I'm on the right side of this. Again, assuming that we get what we're supposed to, no Kawhi, Paul George, and everybody else for the Clippers. Uh, the Bucks have at least Giannis and one of Giroux or Chris Middleton. They seem like the much better team to me. I mean, again, Kawhi is out. And I think it's you know similar to the adjustment that the market makes for Oklahoma City being at the end of a road trip that I don't necessarily think is fair. It's a road back-to-back for the Bucks technically, but they were in Los Angeles last night. Same court. They'll be just fine. It shouldn't be that bad of a rest spot. And again, the Clippers without Kawhi have just been brutal this year. So I have the Bucks as short favorites in this spot, so I'll take the points. Yeah, it's going down to the pick now as well at some of the sharper books out there. So, like you said, maybe someone's got announced in. Who, who knows with these two teams, Josh? How, uh, how are you looking at this one? Simply put, do you think the Bucks keep it going? They've been red hot right now. Yeah, if everyone's there and available, they should get Paul George in these next uh, this next week and a bit. So, yeah, they, the Clippers for me, an easy pass team or fade team if you're going to get involved in their games. Um, but again, I would probably want to wait until we get concrete information on who's playing in this game before I jump on anything. So Giannis yeah, was just announced here. probable. Giannis is probable. Middleton's out. So I think that's what's driving all this. It looks like we'll get Giannis. 
Yeah, that makes sense right there. That was that should be the expected right there. But Josh, you make you bring up a good point. Ty Lu did say that he's gonna uh, hold back their minutes until after until uh, at least after the All Star break. I mean, that didn't mean that they're gonna absolutely hold them out. But regardless, because uh, they don't have any back to backs this whole uh, month, so you were thinking that maybe Ka- Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could get some uh, get some more chemistry together as, as far as playing with the rest of the team. But then they come out and rest them a day. So you never know what you're gonna get from the Clippers. They are basically come off a blowout loss where they got smacked versus the Mavs in this one but obviously the Bucks are red hot right now uh, it's a super tough game for me personally guys I could I must say I could see it going either way but our guy Alex is on the Bucks uh, plus the two in this one that line is moving um, right now guys so if you liked it you might want to try to hop on it right now maybe try to play the money line get some plus money guys so Alex taking Bucks plus the two in this one guys now let's go head over to our Q&A segment in this one guys see what questions we have uh, in the chat for this one man um, so let me see. Uh, only one question so far, man, from our guy Maurice in the chat says, should we bet, bet player props after after the All-Star game? I'm a prop guy, Josh. Uh, any thoughts on that question? Um, I assume you mean should you wait until after the All-Star game to bet them again? Uh, I think it's fine. I don't think there's – if you're playing props anyway, um, you know, more often than not – the players are gonna that do play are going to play their expected minutes and projected you know uh, games regardless. So I wouldn't be too hesitant to play props leading up to the All Star break and certainly not after the All Star break. So I don't think there's too much to worry about there. I think obviously with the trade deadline gone now, we'll start to see a little bit more consistency than what we have at least in the last 48 hours when everything was sort of all over the shop, guys in and out, and obviously rotations and minutes changing as a result of that. So. Just, yeah, if you keep an eye on the injury reports, you can obviously keep ahead of the news there. And there's obviously a good opportunity as well for potentially uh, trying to get ahead of the marketplace with guys who might be in improved roles and improved minutes in situations for their teams, respectively. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, that's a great point there, man. So if you like props, really, I feel like if it's the sides, that's really one ha- what has more variance. The props, uh, they should be hidden just like regular, in my opinion. But Alex, what do you think about this question, my guy? Yeah, I think the trade deadline is actually a little bit more of an impactful moment. You know, you try to tone things down. I didn't bet anything um, uh, on trade deadline day. And I think that, you know, from a prop perspective, now you're going to take some time not only to figure out how new pieces impact everything, but what are the motivations of all these teams going to be? Once you get past the trade deadline, teams that quit start to really quit hard. Um, You see other teams start to ramp up. So, you know, maybe take the next week or so and try to figure that out a little bit. But I think this time of the year with so much flux, it's never a bad bad idea to kind of maybe ratchet stuff down but stick with it keep your eye on it just try to be careful that's a fact right there, Alex. Couldn't talk you off uh, ratcheting down on everything right now. Props, everything in the NBA because uh, some of these players really could be, I mean obviously we have the Super Bowl coming up, but then we have All-Star break coming up as well next weekend. Uh, it's a bit of a vacation for some of these guys. I'm sure they can't wait um, for the vacation guys. So uh, it's the, that's our answer on that question, guys. Next question up from our guy Tom in the chat. Do you think the Kings staying pat is good? I'm, I'm guessing he's saying like not making really any trades um, Josh at, this, uh, at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, they're not trying to win right now. They just want to be competitive, and they're competitive, so they don't need to do too much with that roster. They'll be happy just to make the playoffs, um, get that experience under their belt again. They can, you know, in the offseason, they'll address whatever roster flaws that they have. Uh, obviously, the defensive end, there's a lot, and they'll try to make moves, I think, accordingly. But as of right now, there was no need for them, I don't think, to overreact and try and force anything. They've got a good thing going for them at the moment. So just ride this one out, enjoy the experience, I think, and then readdress in the offseason. Exactly, exactly. What you think, Alex? Uh, you worry about the Kings not making any moves at the trade deadline? 
I was surprised that they didn't do anything. There's a three seed in the West and have a chance to have a home playoff series for the first time in like 20 years, something like that, maybe a little bit longer. So uh, given how much that, that front office wants to win, but if I'm a Kings fan, I'm actually encouraged that they didn't do anything. I mean, they have a history of making less than suboptimal decisions, let's call it. With all due respect to Mr. Sabonis, trading Tyrese Halliburton for Demonte Sabonis was a flat-out mistake. And you go back and back, time again, they really struggle with some of this stuff. So to see the front office kind of take a step back and go, you know what, let's not try to package up any picks that we might actually want in a couple years. Let's actually hold on to De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell. I mean, they've got, it's a nice team here. I mean, every team is, you know, as David Stern would say, you're always one player away from a championship. And I don't know if they're quite one player away, but it's a nice little ecosystem in a Western Conference without much that seems stable. The Kings, for some reason, are just chugging along. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, no, that's a good point, man. I, I don't know about that. I still feel like there was a fairly even trade, though, with Halliburton and Sabonis. They Sabonis is doing great things for them, and they needed a center. They have enough guards. They feel like they were going to keep Fox. That's why they let Halliburton. But I do agree, Halliburton is a game-changing type of player. But until they change things in the front office, they weren't going to go anywhere anyway. But um, those are the questions, man. We had a couple questions in the chat. Let's go Let's go over, recap our best bets, and, and try to get to some cash, man, and try to enjoy our weekend, man, with some winners, guys. Our guy, Josh, right? with the Pacers, minus two and a half, and also the Minnesota Timberwolves, plus the seven. I'm riding with them. I'm going with the Pacers on the money line, and no, it's not too heavy juice, minus 140. Our guy Alex is rocking with Suns, team total under, 114 and a half. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder, plus three and a half. Surprised he's not on the under there, but nah, just joking you guys. He's also on the <laughs> books, uh, plus the two as well, guys. Uh, those are the picks for today, man. We're here every single day, Monday through Friday, giving you guys our best NBA bets on the card, answering questions, all good stuff man please hit the like button for us if you like the show subscribe to the youtube channel all that good stuff i'm your host jay money that's our guy josh that's our guy alex as well man you can follow us on twitter um at underscore noobs at pun underscore school i believe um and then at jay money is money guys go follow us on twitter we're back on monday we appreciate y'all for tuning in we're out